you really create from nothing. That's what I aim always. Uh, it's a huge inspiration, finding something and thinking, what can I do with this? How can I use it if I have nothing to use? I mean, mm. just go from there. Today I'm talking to Honli Tauter, an artist in Riversdale, South Africa. Good morning, Honli. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, imagine that. I remember a time when there was no internet and now you and Vianna and I'm in Riversdale and we can chat. I love it. Exactly. Isn't it amazing? And all with social media and, um, I mean, you've got a, a wonderful social media page with all your artworks and it's so great to see that and, and that's what I love about social media is that artists really share their work. Yes, and the possibilities is endless. Mm. So tell me, Anli, you are in Riversdale, um, based in Riversdale, and you have your studio there as well? Yes, it's situated four hours from Cape Town, uh, just before you get Mossel Bay, at the foot of the Sleeping Beauty mountain range. Oh, wonderful. An ideal place for an artist to be creative. Almost like a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. But honey, your art is so different to what I've seen. Um, I, I must say, I have never seen anything like this. So you take actual photographs and you make artwork on it. So it's a type of embroidery that you do. Yes, I stitch on rubber. So this, um, this, this regarded inner tubes from cars and tractors, and I clean it and I use that as my uh, medium to embroider on. Then I use that embroidery inlay to attach to the either the photographic print of a real photograph or the real photograph, depending on what I work with. And then you've got this lovely mixture of inner tubes, rubber, thread, and vintage photos. Amazing. And how did you get to this idea of doing it this way? It's been a long process. I used to work with a variety of mediums. I did sculpture as well. And then one year, I decided to make uh, rubber toys like this. Right oh, now. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I joined the Cape um, CCDI, the Cape Craft and Design Institute. And then I missed the art world too much. So I decided, nah, I'm not going to try to save the rhino anymore with my toys. I'm just going to focus on my practice and save my family. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. But now the medium of rubber, why, why exactly rubber? Oh, it's so easily available. They, they throw it away. It goes to the trash heaps. So um, I always use what I've got. And at that stage, we were in financial uh, bad space. And mm. then I saw this rubber and I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. Mm. And I love it because it's industrial. It almost feels like skin. It's a very sturdy thing to embroider on. Really? Well, it's it's so amazing that you thought of that or that you that you came up to the idea because this is something that we – um, I mean, it's in the wheel of a car or, uh, you know, of a vehicle and you, you don't think of it as using it for art. Well, there was this artist, Nicola Schrobel, who used to work with that as well. So I was partly inspired by that. But that was the time when I started making toys and um, joining the craft industry. 
And then I thought, but how am I going to do it different than Nicola Schlobo, adding my own voice and using using that same material as like oil paint. You get different painters using oil paint, but they all do it different. So I just decided I'm going to use the rubber as well and then just make it my own. And the embroidery part, are you uh, a sewer? I mean, do you did you <laughs> did you do sewing or anything? Why the embroidery with it? Years ago in 2004, I did an exhibition. I used Polaroids and I um underneath the I stitched it to material and underneath I embroidered, but I never thought I would carry on with it. And then years later, I revisit, well, when I did the toys, a friend asked me if I could add a daughter's name to the toy, and I thought, I'm going to do that. And then I stitched it on, and then that's when I fell in love with stitching again. But um, it's all self-taught, the embroidery part, although I did study fine art. But, um, yeah, so it's go with the flow and testing and experimenting and playing, and that's what feeds my creativity. And then, then the vintage photographs so you this is a combination of all the different mediums but also you take the photograph and you don't you change it you know you yeah. I see you change the faces of the photograph so why why that well years ago I used photographs as well but then I did a different medium I wasn't I didn't embroider just yet so I used found objects and toys and attached it on a way on the photograph and then one of the galleries told me but you could go bigger you can have it blown up to any size and that opens so much possibilities and so I, I have all this Photographs from my mother-in-law that they store in drawers because who who is looking through photographs these days? Yeah. I mean, I saw wonderful family photos on your blog or your website. Oh yeah, yeah. Your family, and I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I can do lots with that. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So you've been on my blog. I'm so happy that somebody reads it. <laughs> yeah, I saw your photographs. And this was this fairy tale. Is that you visited your son in Estonia and you oh, had yeah. this this town and snow I'm like oh so beautiful oh thank you so much Hanali that makes me very happy then it was worth writing <laughs> very cool. but I but you um so the the faces so why specifically change the faces on the on the photographs because then they become more universal it's mm -hmm. not just my family or my great-great-grandfather. I give him a mask. The mask part only came after COVID because at one stage during COVID, I said to my husband, why can't we just wear cultural masks? It's so much beautiful than a medical mask. And I went to spa with a, a party shop mask, a tiger, and the children were freaked out. They were so scared of me. And I thought, it's so weird. We live in this age with COVID, with masks. But the little children, when I have a party mask on, they run away. So yeah. that triggered the, the masks and my research into masks and the power of the mask. And that's, um, so I just replaced the faces like a like um, somebody that, removes wrinkles what do you call those people plastic surgery uh, plastic yeah this is rubber surgery so the masks that you put on there are all traditional so you get inspired by traditional masks like um uh, Cultural. tribal tribal masks almost. yes but mm -hmm. not not only south african um even balinese or 
uh, Congo, whatever rocks I fancy. And sometimes I just replace it with skulls because I have a very soft spot for skulls. So it's like as if I take off the face and just expose oh, what yeah. is underneath. Mm -hmm. And the colors, of course, you use. Uh, so I can see in the background one of your artworks and, and it's very colorful, the masks that you use. Yes, this is the lovely Princess Candlewick and she's shining the, the candle in the time of load shedding for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> the wonderful load shedding. <laughs> but um but you also uh, somewhere on your on your Instagram I saw also that you that you dress according that you decided to to dress according to your art. I love dress up from the age of 5. I used to wear my mother's dresses and high heels and that came through again when I had my show the rubber ever after at the Kokon car. I didn't have funds to print promotional paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to use myself and dress up each day. I'm going to wear something else. And that was such, people loved it. And I um, gave out cookies on the way. And to have that interaction, because as soon as you dressed up or dressed as something else or wearing different makeup, I think you could become more approachable to the normal art viewer on a at the festival. And then that just carried through. And then years later, I met a tailor, Williams, um, William Mills, and he helped me make a, a fairy tale dress out of rubber, which I don't fit into anymore, but soon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it just carried on from there. And I still, this is also a rubber um, neck piece, just for good luck for this interview. So Oh, okay. How wonderful. But what I absolutely love about your story is that you took from nothing, you created from nothing. So you said, you know, you were in financial difficulties, so you used the rubber. And um, I'm sure also then your mind uh, went further and, and used the pictures that so already existing things. And now you said that you didn't have money for, for all the promotional stuff and you created. So you really create from nothing. That's what I aim always. Uh, it's a huge inspiration, finding something and thinking, what can I do with this? How can I use it if I have nothing to use? I mean, mm. just go from there. But so wonderful um, because that that means there's no excuse to create so sometimes you know people say well i don't have the money or i i can't afford to buy this but then really you can you can create from nothing it won't be as you envision it perhaps but maybe it will lead to something else there's always possibilities but that's great 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 inspiration but Hanley, so uh, where do you exhibit? Uh, do you have exhibitions coming up? Yes. Uh, so in March, I'll be showing with Neisner Fine Art. So with Neisner Fine Art, I had my first gallery show ever in 2003. So this is basically, what, 20 years later, 21 years later. It's like a full circle coming back to them. Oh, wow. And they recently revamped their gallery. They've got a huge gallery space at Deason Island, and they um, renovated the boardroom. So I'm going to get the boardroom, which is very exciting. 
And so that ha- that's happening in March. And then in April, I have a show with M Contemporary in Australia. And that show will focus around sport because uh, mm. after last year, the World Cup and our public oh, holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm seeing all the South African sport photos altered and reimagined. Yeah, that, and the show is going to be called Eudaimonia, which is a Greek word. I love Greek words starting with you because in Afrikaans it sounds like you, bad. Oh, but it's oh okay. <laughs> so Eudaimonia means be uh, prosperous and healthy, and yeah. So oh, okay. And now for these for this uh, sporting or this sport exhibition, do you create all new pictures? Do you do you use then also old pictures of sporting events, or how do you do that? Yes, I was fortunate to receive beautiful photographs from a friend, Juan Yakustain in Spain. He came to visit in South Africa. He gave me his family heirloom with sport photos from 1906. But, and wow. there was a one from 1903, and um, I was so inspired using that, so I blew them up and, uh, yeah, I gave them all cultural moss to go and tend the Australian Open or, you know. So Wow. But now how, so you have to now uh, ship them to Australia? Yes, the gallery ships them through. Okay. And, um, so um, I'm busy finishing that up so that if it, lands in customs like the last time they have there's plenty of time to get cleared and then reach the gallery oh. mm. yeah because that's also some of the logistics that you have to keep in mind if you uh, exhibit in another country absolutely and that's why i normally work six months in advance so i'm always preparing for something else even while we talk now i'm almost finished and i'm ready to ship mm. As- and and uh, in South Africa, do you think there are enough opportunities for artists to exhibit and, and you know, an uh, in, in interest in art? Absolutely. You just have to be aware. And there's a lot of different pages. Um, it's difficult to get into a gallery per se, but I was just persistent. I went to Nice now, showed them my work. I went to Cape Town, showed them my work. With Now with social media, it's easier. But back in the day, I went with my portfolio bag and make an appointment, old school. So yeah. I'm sure there is lots of opportunities, especially these days. But uh, you hear... Uh... From musicians always talking about collaborating and how much they learn from each other. Do you have the same in the in the art industry, where artists since, collaborate? Since I live quite far away from the main city centres like Cape Town, I mean I'm in a rural area basically, and um, so I don't often get a chance to meet other artists or go to openings or network you know or collaborate um sometimes it happens where you work together and talk virtually and then submit for a show but um at the moment i'm just all alone here in my studio oh okay (laughs) going solo (laughs) (laughs) and i actually love solos because then i can make up a story and i can play the part Whereas Uh with a group show, you have to take into account all the other works to the how do they speak to each other. Mm. Yeah, so it's more challenging. 
But now uh, tell me, what, what are the wishes for you for the future? What do you see uh, happening for your art and you as an artist? <laughs> is that a difficult one? Well, what I learned from fairy tales is it's dangerous. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, it might okay. just come through. Yeah. So I have a wish journal, which I write everything down. Um, and I believe in voicing your wish, wishes to the universe so that things can happen and it can come true. But also you have to take in the price you have to pay for some wishes. Yeah. So I'm very careful just to utter it and say, I wish for. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a group show in Hermanas, also in March, and it's titled Conversations. And uh, one of the works, The Make-Believe Wife, was inspired by the fisherman and his wife's fairy tale. And then it was about greed and greediness, and she always wished for more, wished for more, until the fish doesn't grant her any more wishes. Mm -hmm. um, Watch the space. You will see my wishes come through in what I oh, do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish for a happy ever after. That's all. I'm oh, now. I'm with you there. <laughs> I'm totally hundred percent with you there. But yeah, it's it's also um, I assume in in your work from where you started, it's this um, process, and every time things happen, that uh, sometimes with these things, it it happens better than you could have wished for so it's it's almost also part of a process you know that you can um be happy with one's place where you are in life or with your art and then progress to the next level process is very important and even with you you i read about you went to this industrial site and you were sort of nervous but when you got there you were really so sometimes yeah. you just have to get to a place, check it out mm. and be inspired and show up and do the work and do the process. I know it's it's that thing where I always believe you if you tiptoe into the water, uh, you might not go in, but if you just jump in, there's only one thing to do and that's swim. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that brings out the best in us. Yeah, and you have to leave space open for that, for that things to happen and be yeah. yeah, no, that's true. But Anli, this was so great talking to you. I absolutely love what you do. I love the dress up. Um, I think, yeah, you. Oh, you are such an inspiration and, and um, you know, how you go, took nothing and created or took what you had there and saw the possibilities in it. I find that very inspirational. Thank you. And I'll keep on watching your website for your photographs. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And whenever I'm in Riversdale, I'll definitely come and, and have a look at your studio. Thank you. Okay, so Ali. Have a lovely afternoon. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>